Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 8, Episode 21 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Little White Lies, Part 1. The IMDb user synopsis is, Lucy thinks Kevin's partner is keeping secrets from him, such as she is trying to become a detective. Matt is having problems in his marriage. Martin learns that everyone thinks he is having sex with Cecilia. What was your first impression of this episode? I'd like to say that I've never seen an episode of Big Little Lies, but I'm sure that this episode of Seventh Heaven was exactly like what that show is. Really? Are you being you're being, being very sarcastic? Very correct? sarcastic. Okay. Well, you said it kind of. <laughs> oh, in a, sorry. <laughs> um, I don't. I think there was a lot going on in this episode, which it, I think is like usual fare for. Seventh Heaven season finales, um, but and they brought back the entire family except not Mary. <laughs> um, where they tried to bring back Mary, but they did a very poor job of making the audience think that she was there. Um, I don't know it. It not, I don't, usually like first halves of season finales get me like excited to see what's going to happen next, but I was dead inside. I don't have any emotions about, like... But I think it was fairly entertaining. Yeah, I, like, I mean... I mean, the episode yeah. went quickly for me. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's rare. I will say that, like, if Seventh Heaven decides to do what... Like, there's a lot of, there is a lot of potential for how this could go. Uh, like, scandal with some cheating, um, potential sex, all of it. Sex lies and rock and roll. Yeah. Oh, I, think it's, I think it's sex and drugs and rock and roll, but And I foreign exchange students. Yeah. Um, um, we'll start with the cold open, uh, which actually has a lot in it. Um, Cecilia and Martin are quote unquote studying, which is making, making it out. out. Um, Ruthie is like, is watching. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's alluded to that something happened in school earlier today that she should be telling her parents. And she's like, don't worry, I'll tell them it's fine. Uh, because Peter is at the house, obviously, and they're always together. Um... Annie's on the phone with Carlos, trying to convince him to let her come and help with the baby coming, because the baby's... Remember, Mary's pregnant. Mary's pregnant. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carlos is like, no, she wants to do it alone. <laughs> and then... Like, so alone, like, yeah. we're not even going to show it on camera. Yeah. And then the Rev's like, I'm not concerned about Mary being pregnant. I'm, I'm concerned. concerned about Cecilia being pregnant. But he doesn't say that. He says Martin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's new and ex- exciting for us here at Camden Cast. Um, so I think basically what we're meant to discern from that weird conversation about Martin being pregnant. Is the Rev is, thinks that Martin and Cecilia are having sex. Um, Jeffrey has a lot of homework. That is the scene. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like the next scene. He just pulls out a bunch of books and Chandler like sighs heavily. And um, I think the last... Wait, then we have Lucy bringing dinner to the... Police station. Where Roxanne brushes her off because she has plans. And Lucy is like, what's going on? She keeps on canceling on me. I want to know what well, she's remember, doing. Because remember, they're best friends and they go on pizza dates. All the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah and Matt are back together. After they were separated, apparently, which we did not know about. We knew that there it was, was alluded yeah. to that there was trouble. I feel like it would have been a lot more compelling to do a couple of episodes of them, or like 
looking at that, looking at Matt in New York, trying to survive, like your wife, your estranged wife is in all your classes, goes like, is like, has the same job as you do potentially. And like, where are you living now that you are separated from your wife? But instead we know none of that. We don't know what he's been doing for the past few months. Um, but they're back together, except not because... Because they're, they're coming up on their, like, summer vacation, and Sarah wants to retake a class that she just barely passed. And Matt is, like, going back to Glen Oak for the summer. So um, Sarah is staying in New York to retake a class, and Matt is headed back to Glen Oak. So they're together, but not. Right. Um, that is our cold open. A lot was shoved in there. So let's try to see what happens next. Um, we're going to do something brand spanking new on this episode of Camden Cast and go in age order for the storylines. <laughs> are you are you being sarcastic again? I can't tell. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. Anyway, well, so we'll start with Ruthie. It's relatively straightforward. In the cold open, Peter alludes to the fact that Ruthie has a secret she needs to tell her parents, and Peter specifically says, like, oh, what you did at school today. So it's like, oh, is Ruthie in trouble? What's going on? Um, and then... In a, like the second scene that they have, and they're talking about this, um, Peter's like, "Well, what are you gonna tell your parents when Maria shows up?" And she was like, "I don't know what Ruthie says." Well, but. she is of the impression that Maria is not gonna be any trouble, except Peter seems to already know that Maria will be trouble, um, which I didn't actually catch on to until just now, um, because Maria. Well, Maria shows up. Uh, well, and, anyway, all right. Yeah. So, cut to. Annie answering the front door, and Ruthie's Spanish teacher and a girl who is about Ruthie's age named Maria are at the front door, and we learn that Maria is an exchange student from Mexico, and that Ruthie has volunteered the Camdens to host Maria for the remainder of her school, her program. Um, so apparently the family that was initially going to take care of her had a family emergency and left to the east coast to take care of said emergency so now she is homeless and ruthie volunteered i would just like to talk about the unlikelihood of parents not being told that they're gonna host an exchange student yeah before (laughs) like you would think there would be like paperwork and like waivers and like you know yeah without like before them showing up so obviously the parents are like we're happy to take her and for some reason, Ruthie is like, well, yeah, now that we're keeping um, Maria here, maybe I'll go to school in Mexico next year. Um, anyway, yeah. Maria has some ulterior motives, mm-hmm. and she's, like, way into Peter mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah, we don't <sighs> understand that attraction at all. Uh, it's his beautiful white hair. <laughs> it is really white. It's, like, yellow, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like. Neon, neon yellow, yellow yeah. bordering on white, yeah. So uh, she wants Peter to tutor him in math, tutor her in math, and he's like, no. He's like, Ruthie's really good at math, too. And she's like, Maybe I she want- can help you, and she's like, no. <laughs> I don't uh, want you to help me. And the rest of the episode is her, like, eyeing Peter, and Peter being like, ooh, <laughs> I don't want to be here. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with a potential love triangle well, not really, I guess. It's just the love line. Yeah, it's just like our, Maria pining after Peter and Peter being like, please stop. It'd be, I mean, I guess it would be a little, like, stereotypical if they had, like, Maria conniving against Ruthie in some way. Although, also, they are 12. No, they're 14, but, like, also. <laughs> they're 14. Yeah, well, they're still in, like, 8th grade, so, like, I, I don't know. 
Um, back back in the I don't know what kids are up to these days. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I think these days that there might be some scheming going on. Yeah, I don't I don't recall any like grand schemes to break a couple up. A very sturdy couple too. Ruthie and Peter have been together for a while now. And Peter like practically lives at the Camden House. Yes. Um, moving on uh, to Martin. Uh, so. Martin, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the Rev thinks Martin and Cecilia are close to having sex. Um, apparently, Martin's uh, the Rev's a little behind because the rest of the school already thinks that Martin and Cecilia are having sex. Apparently, because Cecilia is a senior and Martin is a sophomore, that means that they for sure are having sex. I don't understand the logic. I don't know. Mm. The Rev, well, the Rev also notes like they've been spending a lot of time together and. Well, I guess I, I thought it made sense because we know that Cecilia is going away for college. So yeah. I would assume, like, oh, get as much time together as you can before you inevitably... Have no time together. Yeah. Um, or break up. So Mac, uh, which is, uh, as you all remember, um, Martin's... He's like Martin's best friend yeah, or whatever. It's like, uh, guess what? Me and Pampers are going to have sex tonight. Um, Never forget Pampers. Yes. Uh, Pampers is from a previous episode of 7th Heaven. Uh, She was a girl that was bullied because she... Wet her pants in first grade or something. Right. So nobody would date her. Right. But then Mac took a shot and they're in love. Yeah. And he has convinced her to have sex with him. Uh, Martin actually... I I really liked... uh, I actually really liked Martin's character this episode. Um when I'm usually kind of ambivalent to him, he was like, uh, who brought it up? Was it your idea? Did you push her? Like, he was very uh, in tune with, I guess, the sex practices of young men. <laughs> being, <laughs> being a woman. That's a young man. He's Yes, he's in tune. Um, so Max, like, well, you should be, like, happy for me because now you won't be the only one on the baseball team who's had sex. And that's when uh, Martin learns that everybody thinks they're having sex. And he's like, no, I've never had sex with Cecilia. I, th- I don't know if he's established that he's never had sex or he's never had sex with Cecilia. I think it's established that he's never had, had sex, sex because he's, like, only 15 and, like, I don't know. So I think we're supposed to gather that – well, he's 16, but Cecilia is, like, his first, like, serious girlfriend, I think, we're supposed to gather – uh, Mac then tells the baseball team that uh, Martin's a virgin, and now Martin feels weird. And now they all look at him. Because um, he's a virgin. Although I'm pretty sure most of them are virgins, so I don't get why he's being right. looked at weird. Also, Mac's like, oh, Mac is also a virgin, and, yes. he, and he's planning on having sex with Pampers. <laughs> I know. Has the school, like, forgotten, forgotten about Pampers? <laughs> Um, so, also, I know... Not that I'm like, yeah. oh, they should continue making fun of this girl for, like, you know, wetting her pants in first grade, but... We're just talking about how high school, like, realistically works. Just because you start dating, like, a popular kid doesn't mean your nickname goes away. And I don't even know that we're supposed to think that Mac is... I know, like, Mac's on the baseball team. Right, like, but we don't know if the baseball team But I think, teams. like, in terms of popularity, like, Martin is probably more popular. Because he's the star player. Yeah. Um, so... Martin lets Cecilia know what's going on in the school and what the school is talking about in terms of their relationship. And Cecilia is upset 
because she doesn't want rumors about her sex life and she doesn't want rumors about what he's what they're doing when they're not doing or any pressure on their relationship to do something they maybe are not ready to do. I'd just like to say that this is a massive rewrite of Cecilia's character for a second time because if we recall like a couple a season ago, a couple of seasons ago, her and Simon were ready to go the final to the final frontier or whatever. Like they were ready to have sex. And then all of a sudden I don't know. I, I feel like they never reconcile that with what's happening now. Maybe she's scarred. I don't really... I don't know. Um, I th- I don't think it's established that she was like, I don't want to have sex with you. I think she was just like, I don't want you talking about it. Mm-hmm. With Like, we haven't even talked about it, so what are you doing talking with like the baseball team about it? Right, right. That's fair. Uh, then we have a brief interlude where... Martin basically puts the Rev in his place because the Rev's like, uh, I know that you have urges with Cecilia, but you should not have those urges and pregnancy is a thing and you're not ready. And Martin's basically like, you're my age. Didn't you have those urges too? And the Rev's like, yeah. And Martin's like, and did you do anything about it? And the Rev's like, no. And he's like, well, maybe. You should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, just think about the fact that I also have self-restraint if you had self-restraint. Yeah. Um... And when they're, like, then Mac and Martin leave for, like, their date night, uh, and the most iconic line in Seventh Heaven History, in my opinion, is uttered. Uh, Aaron's like, what are you talking about? I don't about? know which one it is. <laughs> uh, so, as they're leaving, um, the Rev's like, where are you guys going? And Martin turns around as he's about to go out the door, being like, I'm about to have lots of sex with Cecilia. Oh, yeah. And I was yeah. like, what a, what a guy. Um... But then anyway, um, they, so Mac and Martin are waiting at the promenade for Cecilia and Pampers, um, who get there, and immediately it is clear that they are unhappy with um, with Martin and Mac, and Cecilia's like, what are you doing? Like She's like, I don't know. She didn't say exactly what was said to her, right. but she says, Pam told me something on the way over, and like I don't know if this is just Mac's plan or if you were like in on it with him, but... I don't want to be friends with someone who's friends with Mac, basically. <laughs> or she's like, I don't want to date someone yeah. who's, whose best friend is Mac. Um, which and is, Pampers is like, and I don't want to date Mac. <laughs> and they storm off. Yeah. Um, I do want to say that this may, reminded me of, the maybe it's the previous episode or the episode before, where Martin was like, I don't really like your friends because they drink. Um, <laughs> and I was like, this is a bit of a hypocritical Hip- yeah. situ- situation. Well, anyway, we learn, it's kind of, they don't ever say it, but it's inferred that Mac told, so in an, an attempt to get Pampers to have sex with him, Mac told Pampers that Cecilia and Martin are having sex, so, like, she would feel more comfortable about them having sex. And, obviously... It didn't, well, obviously, Cecilia and Pampers got the talking yeah. about it, and we're like, that was a lie. And then the phone rings... And guess who's on the phone? You won't guess. I didn't guess. Me. That's uh, Mary. <laughs> it's Simon. It's Simon. Simon makes a very brief appearance. Apparently... His goatee uh, makes a little appearance, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Simon looks different. Uh, so from what we gather from the phone conversation between Simon and Cecilia, first of all, they have been talking, like, frequently. I feel like they talk once a week is what we're supposed to... Or, like, it, this is not the first time they've spoken. Uh, secondly, Simon's coming home for the summer, and, oh no, what will What's happen? What's gonna happen, because 
Martin lives in the Camden house. Simon is going to be living in the Camden house. Cecilia may, basically may, lives in the Camden house. She, well, but she also may have just broken up with Martin. Like right. we don't know what is what the status of their relationship is right now. So now this is an actual potential love triangle, actually. Yes. Um, also, guys, it's 2018. Stop the love triangles. Let's do some polyamory. Um, well, this was 2004. That is true. 2003, 2004. Um, fun fact, David Gallagher filmed his phone scene during his spring break for, while he was in college. So, so a productive spring break. Yes, Getting a him. paycheck. Getting, getting a paycheck. Getting his face out there. That probably took, like... An afternoon. That's like it's not like he spent his whole spring break filming. That. They probably he probably could have used his. That's probably his own dorm room. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. No, probably I made that not. up. <laughs> um, so we yeah, because he's a freshman and he li- seems to have, be living by himself, and that's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. At my university, there were singles for uh, freshmen. Oh, I did not. That's a luxury that we did not have. Um, at my university. Oh. Um, so we are going to talk about Lucy and her massive circle of people next. Um, remember Lucy is trying to find out what Roxanne is up to. Cause because she... they're best friends, even though she smashed a pie on their car, like, two episodes ago. and No, it was actually last episode. Last episode, she was angry at Roxanne, and now she's like, why is my best friend estranged from me? Um... So, this is stupid. Yes. Lucy is just like, well, we see Roxanne going and talking to, she goes to talk to Chandler, and we just see the end of that conversation, and Chandler's like, I really think if this is what you want, you should go for it, and then, like, she leaves, and then she goes and she talks to someone else, who's, oh, uh, she talks to the detective, or, so, nope. he got promoted to, like, he's, like... Captain, isn't he? Cap- yeah, Captain Lieutenant? Michael. Lieutenant? No, Captain, Captain, I think. So she goes to talk to Captain Michaels, and he basically says the same thing. He's like, okay, you know, if you've really thought about this, it's going to be, this, if this is what you want to do, go for it. Um, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm taking the test this afternoon. Um, and then there's this other, like, this random. third police, random yeah. police officer who overhears this. And then Lucy comes back, and she's, like, looking for Roxanne again, and this guy is like, let me tell you something about Roxanne. <laughs> I think she's going for detective because they only give the detective exam twice a year and she said she's going to be taking an exam, so I think she's going to try to get promoted, which is fine. Yeah. Like, that's right. Like, and also, it, there's a lot of reasons why you might not want to be telling everybody that you're going for a promotion. Like, you might you could, not get if, it. Yeah, you could be, like, just afraid you're not going to get it or just, like... I don't know. You're superstitious, and you're yeah. not going to jinx it, or any number of things. Just, don't want to put pressure on yourself. Yeah. So, um, Lucy, like, freaks out, though. Yeah. Because Kev, because she's like, Roxanne is trying to get promoted, but Kevin's the one who should be promoted. And it's like, but Kevin isn't doing anything to try to get promoted, like taking the exam. <laughs> also, I mean, I, you would know more so than I would. But don't, so don't tell me. But I really want it to be that she's that's not even the test she's going for. I'm pretty sure it isn't. I don't remember. But I don't think it has anything to do with the police department. That would be really exciting. Because they kind of made it seem like she was like going for a total career change. Yeah, because she says, this is what I was born to do. Yeah. Um, I wonder what that is. I am rooting for none, but I feel like that you don't need to be a test to be... You don't need to take a test to be a nun. No. Um, actually, you might. I don't know. Like... I don't know. They movie quiz you on the Bible. Mm. Anyway, um, so uh, 
Lucy is up in arms, and she tries to get Kevin up in arms, but Kevin doesn't give a shit. Uh, well, because Kevin's like, I'm again, he's like, I'm not actively pursuing being promoted, so I don't care if someone else does. It's not like she's taking an opportunity away from me. Um, and Kevin is kind of like, I'm not going to deal with this, so I'm going to go and take a walk, and Lucy is left to stew. Um, I, I, we've seen this a bunch of times, but how in the hell does their relationship work? Like, the sex can't be that good. It can't be. It can't make up for how annoying Lucy is, in my yeah. opinion. Um, and, like, Kevin is very aware of her and how crazy she is, and yet he's like, I still love her. And I was like, aren't you tired of it? Every other week, it's one thing or another. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about Chandler now, since he's kind of in this in the same circle. Sort of. Sort of. Um, Chan- Except he's just, like, randomly d- adopted a child, like, three episodes ago, and... They're like morph- he previously had not been considering it. Yeah, he's morph. They're morphing into the same person. Also, Chandler and his child Jeffrey, uh, with their like faces and their hair. Uh, also, just learned Chandler is meant to be twenty five years old. All right, and he looks like he's maybe thirty three. Yeah, well, <laughs> if I had to guess, definitely like, in his thirties. Yeah, like maybe early to mid thirties. Yeah, I. Th- that means he's supposed to be younger than Kevin, because Kevin is 27 or so- something like that. No, I thought he was 25 or 26 as well. Yeah, I think maybe he's 26. But Kevin looks way younger than Chandler. Okay, in real life, Chandler was like 32 when he was playing a 25-year-old. He, that did not... That, but he wasn't He wasn't he, a young 32. No, he was not a young 32. Um, so... Uh, Chandler goes to the Rev for help. He's like, uh, Jeffrey needs a tutor. So the Rev sets him up with a tutor who is played by special guest star... Leighton Meester. Who you may recognize from Gossip Girl. She played Blair. And she was also in, um... Entourage. Yeah. Briefly. She's, and she's done a couple of bit parts and other things, like in various movies and such things. She um, was in that awful movie with the, about the college roommate where, like... The crazy college roommate. I can't remember if she played the, the crazy roommate or, or if she was the victim. I don't. I'm pretty sure she was the victim. It was the movie was called The Roommate. I know. And idea. in it, like the roommate takes the other roommate's cat and puts it in like the washing machine, like Whoa. tries to kill it. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Not okay. It was a really bad movie, but that's all I remember from it. It's <laughs> like to put the cat yeah. in the washing machine. Uh, Leighton Meester's character is called Kendall. And uh, she is, like, her one character trait is she's hot. Because, like, the first thing we hear about her is, oh, she's looking for you, Chandler, but all the men are looking for her. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a bad line. I know it is. And then Chandler says, like, a number of various bad lines to her. He's like, look, I'm 25, you're 21. Something could happen, but it's not going to. And then she's like, you are a douchebag. She was like, you're Goodbye. being very presumptuous. And because Chandler assumes that this is the Rev meddling again, which, again, if you get a re- this is what yeah. you get, Rev, for your reputation. This is what your reputation is. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks you're always secretly trying to set them up. Um, and she's like, no, tell Reverend Camden no thanks if that's, like, what he was really trying to do. So Chandler goes and confronts the Rev about this, and he's like, that was awful. It went horribly because... She wasn't interested in me, and the Rev is like, no, I seriously was setting her up to tutor Jeffrey. <laughs> and we learn all about how really, really smart Kendall is. Yeah, and 
then Chandler's like, well, now I feel like an idiot. Also, this show takes too much freedom with, like, this graduating early business. So many people in the Seventh Heaven verse have graduated early. <laughs> this girl Kendall, Simon, God knows who else. Like, I don't think it happens as often as people think. No. Um, and that's not okay. And I think, when, like, graduate, like, most people, if they end up skipping a grade, it's like a young, a, a lower, a, it's like a lower grade. Right, like, right, like second when, grade. Yeah, when you get to, like, high school, you can't really be it's like, there's too much con- curriculum and things to... <laughs> and also, if she's supposed to be 21, has she finished college early? And if so, why is she working at a bookstore and a pizza place? I think she's still in college. Oh, she's in, still in college. Okay. Yeah. I just I was very confused about that. Because, um, like, if she's supposed to be this genius... Oh, maybe they were talking about the, like, problem with the economy. I don't know. <laughs> there's so many things. Layers. No, I think... I think um, well, I also think she has a sugar daddy, but that's enough. Oh, right, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so Kendall, give, like, Chandler apologizes. Kendall gives him a second chance. Uh, she's really smart. She's going to help Jeffrey over the summer. Ch- uh, Chandler asks her to, like, stay for dinner with them, and she's like, sorry, I have a date. And then we meet... Her boyfriend, whose name I have already Sean. forgot. Oh, who looks like he could be her father. Yes, honestly. So... I mean, if you're not familiar with Leighton Meester, she's, like, objectively a good-looking person. I I mean, people think that, and they may be right. So, and then you see the, this character, Sean, walk up, and he, he looks kind of like a troll with, like, a Brillo pad head, and it's not, it doesn't work, I don't know. That's why we think that maybe there's a sugar daddy thing happening. Yeah, and, like, he leans in to kiss her, and she's, like, not crazy yeah. about it. She, like, leans away, and then yeah. when they're leaving, he, like, very... He, like, pu- puts his arm around her waist and really, like, pulls her close, and, you know... I... Well, yeah, but Chandler has a crush, and Jeffrey is all about it. Um, I I think Seventh Heaven was trying for a little bit of subversion, like, hot people can be smart, too, but... Sure. Um, we are getting closer to the end uh so mary is not in this episode but but carlos is yes um uh, mary is about to give birth there's a lot of like stupid back and forth where carlos goes to the hospital because mary's there but then mary isn't there but of course he has to run into sarah who's gonna help him look for mary even though mary doesn't want any help from any family members including sarah who may not be a family member any longer um, and then he goes back home, but then when he's back home, she's having contractions again, and they need to take her back to the hospital. Uh, my one gripe with this, which is what I said to Aaron, was, uh, at the, the last scene, we're supposed to be, it's, uh, him on the phone with somebody at the hospital, and, uh, we're supposed to be thinking that Mary's in a lot of pain, she's going through contractions, she's, like, there with Carlos, and they're trying to get to the hospital, but it's only a close-up on Carlos, and we hear no noise at all in the background to, like, even indicate that there is a living soul anywhere around him. <laughs> like, I was, like, they could have just done anything. They could have had, like, a random woman screaming or, like, noises of any sort of somebody in pain or going through some sort of, like, labor pains. Or even, like, taking a recording of Mary saying the name Carlos, <laughs> like, Jessica Biel saying the name Carlos in, like, a previous episode yeah. and played that, like... 
anything. We know that she's not there. We know Jessica Biel's like not there. She's not gonna be there. Just use something though. Yeah. Ugh, we're not idiots. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's it. He's she's she's about to give birth. That's where it ends. And um, finally, that's it for like him, right? Then we have Matt. Matt's flying home by himself because Sarah's staying the summer, as Aaron mentioned, uh, to retake a class. And as he's going Glen Oak, he is on an airplane and spots... Heather. Uh, you know, you were right when you said we we're never going to be rid of her. I know. I thought we were <laughs> finally seen, rid I've of her. I've seen this show. I thought we were finally rid of her, though, when he got married. Yeah. Um... So, at first, they lie to each other and both say that they are happily married to to their, like, spouses. Respective spouses, yeah. But then Matt's like, I can't lie to you. I could never lie to you. <laughs> it's like, I, we were... Things so- aren't great with Sarah, and we were separated, and now we're back together, but now we're not actually together. And then she's like, I lied too. I'm not married. I'm divorced. Now... She got divorced three months ago. Yeah. So, here's a couple of things. One, what in the fuck... Did Heather get married? And who? None of this was said ever before. And, like, when did it happen? And how quickly did the divorce happen? And why? The last time we saw Heather was, like, two seasons ago, I feel like. Yeah. So, what? Was she at Sarah's wedding? Was she at the wedding? No, I don't believe... First of all, no, because they remember they got... Well, for their first wedding. wedding. But the second wedding was just family because of... No, wait, that was Lucy's wedding with the weather. There, were, there weren't a lot of people at Matt and Sarah's... I thought it was huge. What, didn't they have... Wasn't everybody there? Oh, wait, yes. There were a bunch of random people because there was the big fight. Is it, will it happen or won't, won't, won't it happen yeah. because of the rabbi and the rev? Oh, yeah. Was she there? I don't know. No, because apparently she's been living in New York with her mystery husband. husband right. Um, they decide that they're really happy that they ran into each other and that they want to go on a dinner, but just as friends. See each other just as friends. Yeah, they keep saying see each other. Like, not go on a date, see each other. And I was like, well, they, they were on, like, a six-hour flight together. They were seeing each other then. Right. Um, so Matt comes home. He says that he's leaving for dinner with Heather. And the Rev is immediately like, are you sure? You're married. You should probably tell your wife. And Matt doesn't. And... We know what's happening. Like, Matt and Heather meet up, and Matt's like, you know that this isn't just dinner. And Heather's like, I know. That's why I came. And who knows what's going to happen next. But it's very... I think this is the first time I felt Seventh Heaven be really mature, if that makes sense. Like, I do I think that either... Like, he's going to cheat on Sarah? Probably not. Do I want it to happen just for the drama? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> I love I really, really like Sarah, so I don't want it to happen to Sarah, but like I think it would be I think it'd be really fascinating to see Seventh Heaven handle something like cheating. Because I don't think they have before, have they? Um no. I, I, I feel like they have though. Um not necessarily like contemporaneously with the show, but like I feel like I get the idea that like Vic cheated on Pe- like uh. no or like I, guess I don't know. They had that brief one where, like, that woman was trying to sleep with the rev, and that- oh yeah, yeah, that and when the and when the rabbi kissed uh, oh yeah, Annie, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I guess I did have it, but I feel like that stuff was all, I felt like that was more comedic than real. Yeah. I feel like this felt, feel like it had some undertones of something. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I thought the way that they did the filming of this and the way that the character, uh, the actors acted this scene out, it felt like you were watching, like, a, instead of watching Seventh Heaven, you were maybe watching, like, an upscale Lifetime movie, <laughs> you know? Like, it felt more, I don't know, I don't think anything's gonna happen, but sh- you can surprise me, Seventh Heaven. Um, the last bit in the storyline is while Matt is out uh, with Heather, uh, the phone rings at the Camden house and Peter picks up and basically... All right. Yeah. This is absurd, too, because yeah. the phone rings and Annie is like, can somebody get that? And Peter's like, I'll get it. And I'm like, why? There are so many Camdens around. And he picks up and he's like, hello. And they're like, it's whoever it is. We don't know who it is. Asks to talk to Matt. And... Um, Peter asks the Camdens, he's like, oh, where's Matt? And they're like, oh, he's out with Heather. He's out to dinner with Heather. So Peter answers the phone, and he's like, okay, no, Matt's not here. He's out to dinner with some girl named Heather. And then some one of the Camdens is like, who's on the phone, Peter? And he's like, oh, who is this? And we see it's Sarah. And, like, why would you... All of that whole conversation took place out of order. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> like, it should have been like, who's calling? <laughs> Do you really need to know where Matt is? And also, it's very clear that everybody knows what it means that he's out to dinner with Heather. Like, Lucy's face kind of drops, Ruthie's face kind of drops. Well, once And once they know that Sarah knows. Like yeah. when, because, like, they all know what it means that he's out to dinner with Heather, but they're like, oh, is he, he should tell Sarah himself, or mm-hmm. if he's going to tell Sarah. And then when they find out that it's Sarah on the phone and that Peter just let that slide, they're all like... <gasps> also, side note. Maria is there while all of this is happening. <laughs> She's there. Also, I also want to say that Maria, everyone is getting ready for dinner. So, like, Ruthie is, like, getting the twins in their seats, and Peter was setting the table, and Lucy was helping set the table, and everyone is helping, and Maria's just sitting there on her ass waiting to be served. Also, it seems like she's at the head of the table. <laughs> so, that's great. Um, so, I don't think Maria's going to last because she's after Peter. Yes. She doesn't help at dinner time. Yeah. Um, and... She's not she America be- Ferrera. <laughs> she better wash the dishes. Um, so that is the first half of the season eight season finale. Um, what would you rate this? I, like I said, it was easy to watch. It kept me engaged with all the storylines. So I'm going to give it like a 4.5. That's a high rating. It's more than half of the scale, more than 50%. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm, I was going to give it. A five, but I think I'm going to match yours and give it a 4.5. You have changed my mind. You were correct. It was watchable. It, yeah. It was entertaining. And I think I do like it when they bring all the family together like that. Um, I, I don't know. It gives me nostalgia for when we were doing this a year ago. <laughs> I look forward to like seeing Simon come back and really season 10. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, that is it for us. We obviously will be back uh, next time with the season finale of season eight. Uh, let's see if it lives up to expectations. In the meantime, you can listen to us on Wednesdays and Saturdays through uh, the iTunes Apple podcast app, soundcloud.com slash CamdenCast and Stitcher. Uh, we also are on social media, Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at CamdenCastShow and we are CamdenCast on Facebook. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast. Cast.